DJ Simulationistas, sup, with Dr. D, Dan Raymer, and Dr. J, Janice Palaganis, coming at you from the Center for Medical Simulation in Boston, Massachusetts. So buckle up your mannequin, and let's roll. Welcome to DJ Simulationista Sup. You're here with Janice Palaganis and... Dan Raymer. Sup, Janice. Dan, what's up? Okay, Dan, I really hate to put this in a podcast. I need to ask you because you are a tennis player. Yes, extraordinary. Did I tell you last night I saw, I watched Roger Federer play? Yeah, did you have him sign your arm? No, but (laughs) he and I... He and I are just the same. We're the same age, and he's uh, uh, has a one-handed backhand. It's incredible. So do I. <laughs> I think it's pretty amazing, though, that you see all of these superstar tennis players yes. at your club. Okay, so here's the thing: as you know, my son is playing tennis. He's really serious about it. It's the first thing he asked about every time he looked at his cast. And now that he he has his cast off, he's asking to get his grip changed. And I feel like he keeps asking to get his grip changed. We just changed it. So off tangent, <laughs> how often? Is this, is this something that happens? Well, um, yeah, the grip on a tennis racket does wear out. It gets dirty. It gets cooties on it. It tears sometimes. The, but they, how often do you change well, it? Well, you know, every six months or so. Uh, oh, okay. Something All like right. that. So it's been about. But, but I think it's been the, about. I think the real reason to change is totally uh-huh. psychological. So every time I get new strings, which I change actually more frequently than that, um, or even a new grip. Really. I think I'm better. I, I, I play better. <laughs> I attribute all of the all of the improvement to the equipment. Isn't that interesting? It, it's a boys and toys thing. I don't think it's just a boys and toys thing. Girls do this too. That's true. I, I mean, I buy new things before uh, to make to make me feel better. Like I get new shoes to to make me feel better at CrossFit. I get new new hand grips that make me feel like I can do my pull ups much better. A new rope. I mean, everybody has. Something, right? So, so have you ever had the experience in simulation, like you get a new mannequin, does it inspire you to do better simulations? Absolutely. So, you know, when I uh, was, you know, going through my PhD and as an advisor for PhD students, I call it nesting. Every PhD student does this, I, I, in my experience at least, where they set up their whole new home office and they buy, you know, like organizers and new notebooks or new technology that will help get them going. And it does. I, I think it must date back to first grade when you went off <laughs> to first grade and your parents got you new clothes and a new pencil case or something like that. I think there really yeah. is something inspirational about that. You know, as I asked you that question somewhat facetiously, I was thinking to myself, I certainly have been inspired by 
you know, new technology and simulation. You know, when I when I first started doing cardiac cases, you know, they're pretty much the same, but it allowed me to kind of delve into making new models and seeing if they would work and trying to have, you know, the aorta turn blue and how could I do that? And it really kind of got me re-motivated at a time when things were dragging a little bit and I had been doing... So do you buy something new every week then? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I think... <laughs> I think every time you do get new technology, it does get you thinking. We always have the adage that it's not about the simulator, it's about the simulation, you know, kind of the opposite of what we're talking about. But, but I think in truth, a new simulator or a new simulator piece of equipment or something new in the environment is is kind of stimulating. It's, it's, you know, kind of the variety, the spice of life. No, but I think you're highlighting something that, you know, we've been in many of our podcasts talking about that it's not about the simulator. It's not about the simulation. It is to an extent, I guess. It's more about the simulation educator. And I think that, isn't this interesting? This is like a circle of, of, creation and and what does technology and new in your words toys do in terms of the motivation and the creativity of the educator which then creates this you know then influences the actual simulation so so i want to talk about roger federer again because okay. he represents because you always want to talk about yes, tennis he represents <laughs> perfection. He is the most consistent player. He's number one in the world because he is incredibly routinized. He does things exactly the same every time. At the same time, he must do new things to inspire him. So last night he showed up in ten at tennis with a beard. And last week he <laughs> didn't have one. And it was so curious that here was this guy that I've seen many times and he decided not to shave. And I'm thinking that those little changes, the little nuances, the new change in environment is inspirational. And so maybe, maybe it is an important piece in simulation. I've always said that when you do simulations multiple times, you got to have the mindset of that it's a Broadway play and that every night is opening night and you have to act as if it's the first time you've ever encountered the topic and said mm -hmm. the things you're saying and responded in the way that you're responding. Uh, on, on the other hand, I think you have to reinvent that play uh, and ad lib in little ways in order to make it fresh for the educator. And, and maybe that's an important thing. No, I think that's an important thing. And, and, um, well, first of all, Roger Federer, I I'm not sure the beard is, is what, uh, <laughs> made him so great. At least yesterday when you saw him, 
I'm thinking he probably has a lot of money to buy lots of new toys every day if he likes that that could potentially be motivating him. And we should invite him to this podcast. I think that would be fantastic. I think that's a great idea. (laughs) I I will point out that I haven't shaved either. (laughs) Oh, and and that's going to motivate you to complete all of your research videos today. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think this is interesting, an interesting topic, particularly for simulationists, because I, you know, many of our learners that come see us and people that we keep in touch with, there's going to be a point where you either get burnt out or you lose a little bit of energy around some project that you're doing. And I love this conversation because I'm wondering how we can take, you know, once we start a new project, what are those motivators that we create? What is the nesting that we do that we could potentially do midstream in a project to sustain or re-motivate us, um, sustain our energy or re-motivate us? So, what are your thoughts? Well, I think uh, I think replacing your grip is a great idea. Um, <laughs> I think it it might be so. Um, so uh, yesterday I was in a conversation about getting a new defibrillator, and uh, uh-huh. then, and I suggested that we buy the advanced defibrillator that has the sensors in it to measure chest compressions and the adequacy yeah, of the chest times. compressions. There are accelerometers built into the. Um, into the uh, uh, pads, and and so uh-huh. so I just thought that would be so interesting to add a little twist to the to the simulations and the debriefings, and started getting me thinking about how I would uh, incorporate the information about that into the debriefing. So you know, sometimes we'll bring up the adequacy of chest compressions, you know, I'll, I'll make mention of it. It's always a little dicey because it's, it's always seems to be in the form of a criticism, though I often try to do praise around good chest compressions. And here there are real data. And so it creates a debriefing dilemma. You know, how do I present these real data that are in some ways, um, you know, highly critical, saying to someone, you know, essentially, you've just deprived your patient of life because your chest compressions are inadequate. Um, And yet it's incredibly helpful data to someone. Um, So I, you know, it got me motivated to think about how would I um, address this honestly, using advocacy inquiry, inquiring about someone's, you know, uh, performance gap. Uh, how, mm-hmm. how would I use all the principles that we, uh, that, that I've learned and that we teach to incorporate this new tiny little piece of data into a simulation? And I think, you know, it got me thinking, oh, I'd love to go do a simulation, (laughs) Uh, try it out. This all reminds me of um, the book, The Power of Habit. I don't know if you've read it by Charles Dewey. I I have not read it, but I've heard heard you talking about it. Please. Yeah, it's really interesting. So, so, um, and I know Jeff Cooper and I have had this discussion in some of our staff meetings. um, and, And what it talks about is that to break a bad habit or to create a new habit, you need to have a cue, um, which then changes your r- routine and then um, allows an, a reward. And I think having these new 
magical toys, they actually are the cue that allow you to change a routine. And and that and the reward is, you know, motivation and creating something new and learning from it. And so I think as educators, there's nothing wrong with that. I like getting a new grip. Yeah. It sounds great to me. Uh, uh, you just enlightened me because my wife read that book. And uh, oh, okay. I, I've got this sense that there's this focus on my bad habits now. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I think I better read so, the book I mean, for defensive purposes. <laughs> yeah, it's really great. I mean, and they use an example of like, you know, if you if one of your goals is to journal, for example, putting your journal on your nightstand or somewhere that where you go every morning uh-huh. will get you to do that. And so when you buy these new things, they serve as a cue, as a trigger for for you to keep doing things. And I think it's a great way to re-energize. It's a great way to sustain motivation to completion of a project. And, and so having these physical objects, I think, is really great. Well, let's... Uh... Uh, let's end this podcast uh, with a commitment to go to uh, uh, an online purchasing system and buy some new toys. Buy a podcasting booth and a new microphone? Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm all about shopping. Good to talk to you. Good talking Bye. to you, Dad. Bye. DJ Simulationistas, what's up? Is brought to you by the Center for Medical Simulation. Find out more about CMS and learn about our simulation instructor training and course offerings at www.harvardmedsim.org. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.